Hey, welcome to Don't Mess with the Rohan. That's Rohan Chakravarti. I'm Grant Cohn. You may have seen Rohan around. He writes for 49ers Web Zone. He was at uh, all of the training camp practices. He's a grinder. He's a really good journalist, and now he's at the University of Wisconsin um, staying out of trouble. How you doing, man? Hey, how you doing, man? I always appreciate you having me on. Uh, always appreciate everything you've done for me, and yeah, it's going to be a fun show. It is going to be a fun show. Um, so I'm. it's the bye week, and there's not a lot going on. I thought this would be a time of like peace and harmony among Niner fans. They just beat the Rams. Times are good. Uh, it looks like they might be riding the ship, but one Rams rider wrote one tweet that has sent the Niners fan base into full-blown civil war, unlike anything I've ever said. And so he must have st- struck a nerve. So here's what he said, and I'd like to take – I have a question for you. What he said is – this is Blaine Grissick. Shout out Blaine okay. Grissick for pissing everyone off. Name a fan base more happy about wins in the regular season than the 49ers, dot, dot, dot. I'll wait, period. Got to love it. Uh, <laughs> so my question is like, – let's forget. let's not talk about Niner fans just yet. I want to talk about the Niners. Mm-hmm. This Niners team that's been together much longer than your average NFL team in the salary cap era. I mean, they've been running it back for like four years in a row. This is revenge toward 3.7. My question is, does this 49ers team, the players and the coaches on this team, do they beat their chests a little too much after wins in the regular season? I think you can make an argument for it, but the one thing that I will say, I know you will. I know you will. (laughs) The one thing that that I'll point to is last season, right? In the second half of the year, the 49ers went 7-2 and to end, end uh, end that kind of stretch to make the playoffs. So... In a way, even if they beat their chest too much, they are able to gain that momentum to sustain a, a, a long stretch enough to win games. Now, good point. those are regular season games. Which is all that matters. Yeah. yeah. Regular yeah. season games are all that matters. Like yeah. you said, it's a regular season game. The most right. important games are obviously the playoff games. In 2019, weren't able to get it done. In 2021, weren't able to get it done. Now, am I going to say that they beat their chest too much and that's the reason that why they lost? I don't think so. Oh, I, I, wouldn't think this team... I wouldn't say that either. I wouldn't say that either. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I don't either. think this team – I think this team's too emotional and too physical for that to be the reason. But yeah. we've also seen them suffer after – like you've seen them this year lose to the Chicago Bears. You've seen them lose Atlanta. to the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. You've seen them lose games that they should have won. And that's the most frustrating part right. about this Niners team. Right. Every single that's game this year, you thought they've been you thought they've been in it. You thought they could have won. Even the Chiefs game, uh, to an extent. And they, it's like why they, they have, have these three letdowns. Why they have yeah, these three exactly. letdowns? Because w- were they were they reading their p- press clippings too much? There are no press clippings anymore. But are they were they too satisfied after like some regular season win? I mean, they came out flat week one. Like, oh, man, we're, we're so much yeah. better than Chicago. They suck. Like, no, every team in the salary cap era is, like, this far apart from each other. Exactly. Sorry. And, I mean, the point yeah. is, like, teams are beatable in the NFL. There are certain teams. And the Niners, I think, this year, especially in the recent history, have proven that they can beat any team in the NFL. But right. as I've said in the last week, they they've also proven they could lose yeah. to any team in the NFL. And that is a that's a conundrum that they themselves are going to have to figure out because come playoff time, if you can do either, it only takes one game to lose. It only takes one game to win. That's how I view it. So to me, I think the 49ers are set up for success. But I also think that they need to make sure that they don't overlook the smaller teams because I know we're going to probably talk about it. But that week 15 game in Seattle, 
I highlighted that as a trap game earlier in the year. That was my one trap game this season. And that's the one game where we might think, damn, the 49ers definitely should not lose this one. All right. Well, here's here's what I, the way I look at it. I feel like this team does beat its chest a little bit too much after regular season games. I mean, they really rubbed it in. I felt like they were really puffing their chest out after this uh, win against the Rams. And I get it. Eight in a row over the Rams. It's a division rival. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But just step back for a second, 49ers. Like, you guys are not champions. The Rams are. And the Rams suck now, and they don't have anything to be, like, puffing their chest out about. But, like, you're not yeah. champions, but you carry yourself like you are. I mean, they're whole, that's why I, I never liked the revenge tour thing. What were they getting revenge on? Oh, you felt you got robbed in the Super Bowl. Nick Bosa got held. You should have won. I mean, they've said these things. We had the best team. You know, they, they hadn't come out and essentially, they haven't said that Bosa got held, but I know they sent that play to the league. I th- think they sent that play. To, I think they feel that Bosa got held. They got robbed. Yeah. Well, you didn't, man. You lost by 11. You're not a championship team. And, and this team has been together a long time. You're still, what? two three games under 500 so their their biggest claim to fame is winning an nfc championship and losing one so i guess it's hard to point to like how exact calling it levi's south yeah man that's great you're four and four just have that new england patriots jimmy garoppolo mentality of you know just another week on to the next game you don't have to keep reminding everyone that you're so great because frankly i feel like you're just another team that has you know a lot of teams can beat any team and lose to any team in the NFL. That's the that is the salary cap era NFL, and that's exactly the way the owners and and the league wants it. Any team has any has a chance every weekend. I'm sorry, I'm I a grumpy old man. Also, when you, I think when you talk also about the 49ers and in general, like you said, they beat their chests a little maybe after this win. You have to under, also understand probably the magnitude. This this game was as close to a must-win game, but you also now have to tone it down. I think that's why the bye week this week, although George yeah. Kittle said we hope that this bye week is happening, that's why I think the bye week's good because you settle down and now you have yeah. to go into a game against the Chargers. Right, because the, the pattern with this team is they haven't been able to, this team, 2022, is they haven't been able to sustain their high level of play. For whatever reason, they do it once, and they're like, "Boom, we proved something." Like, no, you're four and four, and it's it just it's just now November. You got to keep it going. They did it last year, but this is a different team with different coaches, and it doesn't mean they'll do it again. They absolutely could, though. So I'd like to. I think you're, to your point, the fact that the bye week's coming now, they don't they can they don't have to have like another trap game where they're like, oh the Chargers ah oh, man they they're not that good their coaches suck they lost to the Seahawks they could definitely lose to the Chargers so take an extra week. Catch your breath. Take them seriously and beat the Chargers because the Seahawks did. They should. Hey, man, you're muted. You're muted. He's gone. Damn, Rohan. What happened, dog? I'm going to give him. I, I feel like that's. I feel like he's coming back, though. What do you think? Coming back? Man. All right. Well, <laughs> all right. I'll give him a minute. What are you guys up to these days? Oh, he's back. So how how are things? What's up, Rohan? Hey, no. What happened? I I don't know. Streamyard just oh. said something went wrong and come back in. So Streamyard, right. uh, Streamyard, we're looking up. at you now. 
Yeah. But uh, what you were talking about with the Chargers, right? I think this week is a good settle down week. But yeah. I was going to ask you, do you think this game is important for the 49ers to win? Yeah, absolutely. I do. Because it, it, to me, it seems a game they should win. You're at home. You're coming off a of bye week. The Chargers aren't good. Their defense is terrible. They have an excellent quarterback. Do it will Keenan Allen play? I mean, that that could change things. I don't know if he's going to play. Uh, he's not going to play this week. It, do, it looks like they should win this game. And they're one in four. If they lose to the Chargers, they'll be one in four outside the NFC West. And you'll start to really ask, like, can this team beat any team they don't know? Because they have all these new coaches. And it seems like they're having a tough time preparing for teams they don't know that well. But they can always look, hey, what, what, can we look at Mike McDaniel's notes for the Seahawks? Okay, sweet, sweet, sweet. Can we look at his notes for the Rams? All right, sweet, I got, I got that. All right, but it's like, what do we do against the Chargers? Well, what did Mike McDaniel say to do against the Chargers? I don't know. He's not here anymore. It's, you know what I mean? So I, I'd like to see. Maybe Christian McCaffrey fixes all that. So I don't know. Maybe. But like you said, Maybe. it's a mobile quarterback, which isn't something the 49ers have had success with, which is an, which is an important thing. And back with a very strong arm so the yeah. 49ers defense is now going to face something that they just faced two weeks ago similar the most similar quarterback to Patrick Mahomes they got their asses handed to them they lost 44 to 23 can they reverse that can they not give up 44 points that's in my opinion the biggest test because the defense over there in Los Angeles that great is not here do you think that Jason Verrett will get his season debut against his former team and be a factor You say Verrett? Yeah. Do you think Jason Verrett will make his season debut against his former team and be a factor? I don't know because we don't know if Verrett's going to play or not. Like, that's the big thing. Like, I saw a report yesterday that Verrett might not play for the remainder of the year. So, if he if he oh. does, it's he, it, it might be – it might be like if he doesn't play for the remainder of the year, the 49ers might be in trouble. I already said I don't think the 49ers have Super Bowl hopes if Jason Verrett is not going to play this year because that essentially eliminates it because teams can just go at Diablo yeah. Lenore or whoever that is every single game. Right. That's that's why the Niners signed Traverius Ward to avoid this entire problem. They thought they were going to have two excellent corners, and they did until Emmanuel Mosley went down. And now I think it's really – it's asking a lot for Jason Verrett to, be, to come off an ACL tear at his age – given all the things he's done before then, all the injuries he's had, and be like, hey, be a lockdown corner in your first game back. Like, When do you ever see players come back from a lengthy you know, rehab, miss the entire offseason, and then just be utterly dominant their first week back? I, I don't think it happens. That doesn't happen. And, I mean, that's happen. why I think it's, it's a little interesting that the 49ers are essentially banking their season banking the, the like the, that secondary yeah. on the health of a player who hasn't played in a while. Right. So to me that that's it's an interesting thing. They didn't make a move at the deadline for a cornerback. That's where right. I thought they could have gone. But and that's no. why I didn't like the McCaffrey trade because yeah, McCaffrey's hella good. We just saw that. We everyone should know that Christian McCaffrey's hella good. He's been around. But damn, he doesn't play cornerback or maybe he does. I don't know. He plays quarterback, wide receiver. Maybe he could play corner too. He's a hell of an athlete, but they need him to right now. They really do. Damn, nothing against Diamador, but like you were a fifth round pick. Now you have to save the season. And the thing about it, real quick, Rohan's gone again. He'll come back. The thing that 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 kills me about Diamador is when you go from Mosley to Diamador, D'Amico Ryan's changes as a defensive coordinator. All of a sudden, he doesn't feel confident um, calling press man coverage as much. He did against the Rams in the second half. I think a big adjustment D'Amico Ryan's made in the second half of that game when he was like, "Oh, the Rams are trash." 
I don't have to worry about Ben Skoranek or anyone else other than Cooper Cup. Why am I playing soft zone coverage and allowing Matthew Stafford to go 17-21 to 21 like he did in the first half? That's what's going to happen. He went soft zone coverage as soon as Mosley went hurt and allowed uh, Marcus Mariota to like not freaking miss. And then he allowed, who'd they play the next week? Oh, yeah, Patrick Mahomes to just eviscerate him. And then Stafford was going that direction, too, until Ryan's at halftime was like, you know what? I'll just play press man with Diamador Lenore and see what happens. And it worked against the Rams, but will he do that against the Chargers? I don't know. It depends on the wide receivers are. Rohan, what's up, dog? Second time StreamYards cut me off in the second in the last five minutes. So I don't understand. Haters. 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 Yeah. They just it's all right. they just gave me the same error message. But if not, then we we gonna switch it up next time. But, we, we gonna switch yeah. it up. All right, let's move on. Because I think maybe it's the topic. I think they don't want us to be too negative about the 49ers. Arthur, thank you for becoming a member. All right, I got another question well, for you. If that's the case, they ain't going to like the next topic. The Niners were interested in trading for Deron Payne defensive tackle Washington. That's a team that they've traded with in the past. Martin Mayhew is an executive over there. We used to be with the Niners. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, the Niners did not trade for Deron Payne. A lot of reasons for that. What, do you think they should have? I think that if the move was on the table for 2023 draft capital, they should have. But I don't think it was. I think the 49ers probably didn't have that chance. I think Washington really wanted that 2023 second round pick to which the 49ers just didn't have because they moved for Christian McCaffrey. And right. I'm, I personally, I like the Christian McCaffrey move. I know you have some up and downs on it. I personally like I like McCaffrey. I like McCaffrey. He's really good. Just not He's hella good. Yeah. Fun to watch. I mean, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I made my I, I lay that wide, but I'm not going to repeat my. But yeah, you feel me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But overall, I, I think that the 49ers, if they had it, I would have liked them to move for an interior defensive lineman. Right now, yeah. in the last few games, without Ark Armstead, you're running it, your, your defense is allowed more rushing yards than they have in in weeks past. There's a reason that this yeah. defense was considered elite. It started with the running game and then in the passing attack. That's how it's been over the last couple of years. Deron That's Payne true. is a game changer. He changes everything. And I personally, I do believe the 49ers were probably trying to give up 2024 capital in exchange for Payne just because they don't have a top two round pick in 2023. And that was probably the deal breaker for Washington. Yeah, Um I, I, it's easy to say they should have traded for Deron Payne, but that don't, yeah. they couldn't. I mean, this is the choice yeah. they made. They're trading for a running back. And again, this is this this was my hesitancy with this uh, trade. Yes, you traded for a hell of a player, maybe a top five running back in the league, maybe. But you added to a strength. And I've, I'm looking at a team right now that has three clear weaknesses, defensive tackle, right tackle, and corner. And mm-hmm. those are serious positions. Now, defensive tackle is not as serious as those other two. And if Eric Armstead comes back, then you don't need Deron Payne. So I guess this is like the Niners um, giving it's a vote of confidence. Gambling, for yeah, it's on Armstead gambling on that he's coming that back. You have, yeah, yeah. So if Armstead comes back and plays like he did play. last year, then great. But if he doesn't, mm-hmm. you're going to be like, man, we could have addressed a need at the at the deadline. Instead, we you know shuffled running backs. So I was going to ask you: Do you think that yeah. Christian McCaffrey is more valuable to the 49ers or Deron Payne? That's a good question. I mean, in this last game, it looked like Christian McCaffrey had a, a bigger impact than what Deron Payne would have because, frankly, but you can't judge it based on a Rams opponent. Like, the Rams can't run the ball right. against anyone. I don't know if you noticed, but the Niners were going like four DNs on the field and the Rams still couldn't run the ball. It was so yeah. disrespectful, you know? So I, I they didn't need Deron Payne to beat the Rams. They might have needed Christian McCaffrey to beat the Rams, especially without Debo Samuel. But I don't know. We're talking about winning the Super Bowl, so I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. If they keep Christian McCaffrey healthy... 
he'll help. Let's see him keep. Let's. Yeah. That's on the Niners, <laughs> though. That's on the Niners to keep their running back healthy for for once. But it's cool. They only gave yeah, him twenty seven yeah. touches last right. week. I think they'll be fine. He's such a troll. Oh, don't use Christian McCaffrey that much? Is that what you said? Is that what you said? Christian, get back in there! Ryan says, sup, fellas. After that CMC pass to BA, why not CMC in the Wildcat for the rest of the year? Halfway joking. Have a great show. No, I actually think there's something to that. They should incorporate a little package like that. They, they do that uh, with the Giants yeah. in New York. Yeah. But they do that because yeah. they have Darkly. no weapons. They have literally no weapons on that team. Dude, they run out Richie James as their receiver one every week. That's He's freaking so underrated. crazy. It's amazing. Ugh. And they're six and two. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, he says, he says, he says, freak the NFL. CMC should be able to change to 22. It, you really, you really spent, actually, you didn't even spend anything. I don't know why I put that on the thing. <laughs> My bad. Sorry. Um, Josh Wyatt says, Someone needs to rip this ownership coaching staff and the fan base for being satisfied with the state of the team. How the Niners look is mediocre teams is how mediocre teams usually look inconsistent and flawed. Well, that's um, fair, but the problem is they turned it all around last year, and we don't really know yeah. if they're going to do that right now. They have the bye week. They have a they have like what a bunch of games at home coming up. A bunch of games at home, except for the Mexico City one. Yeah, they could do it again. So I'm ready to, to pounce, Joshua. You don't have to tell me twice, but I feel like I might be jumping the gun if I do it on November 3rd. Because if I did it on November 3rd last year, I jumped the gun. I'm a little hesitant. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, and I think so, it's it's very interesting when you talk about the schedule, right? We all thought that that first half would be easier than the second half. Right now, it's looking that the second half might be easier than the first half, which is... The whole thing looks easy. To say. Yeah. The whole league is awful. Dude, uh, offense is really down this year. We're, we're, we're hammering Kyle uh, for his offense not being as good. Man, right. quarterback rating around the league is down. Points per game is down. I have theories, uh, but I, I think one of the th one of my theories is that the, the Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay offense has, has spread so much around the league and it's gotten a little stale and defenses have kind of figured it out. And the best offenses around the league are kind of not from that tree right now. Guys are just doing just a little different. Also, I think the fact that you take away training camps and, and preseason, it's going to take offenses like months to get their shit together. I, I think so, too, because there's yeah. so much new change right in the NFL. New head coaches, yeah. new offensive coordinators, new quarterbacks. Yeah. There's so much change that will take position coaches. six, seven weeks. Exactly. Position yeah. coaches because everybody's going everywhere. So it takes a little bit for sure. Yeah. I, you see a lot of times position coaches like Scangarello. He leaves the Niners to go become a coordinator, a coordinator yeah. in college. I bet you we got a big raise. What, I, what I'm hearing is that these, you know, if you're a coordinator or head coach, you get paid big bucks in the NFL. If you're just a position coach, you may not, and you work so hard. So a lot of these guys bounce for college, and NFL teams end up with some, you know, 32-year-old former coach, coaching Leonard Hankerson, no, no disrespect. But you know what I'm saying? Like guys who haven't done it before. It's not necessarily right. the most qualified as of those attention, uh, California Bears says Seahawks wave Sidney Jones. Oh, that poor guy who tore, uh, popped his Achilles at his pre-draft thing. Thoughts on us getting him if not claimed? I mean, they probably cut him for a reason, but yeah. He's probably one of the better I mean, street free agents he, you could get, right? Yeah. yeah. He's only 25, yeah. 26. Similar system. Wouldn't mind. Uh, he, he probably wins. Is he better than Ambry? Is he better than Ambry? Probably. He's. I mean, there's something about there's Ambry. There's a good amount of cornerbacks in the NFL probably better than Ambry Thomas. No slight to him. Just that's the truth. <laughs> Sorry, right Ambry. Now. Irina Frank. Uh, I'm not gonna. I don't know. Are you trying to? 
Irina, thank you. All right, I got a question. When Debo Samuel returns, how will the 49ers use him? It seems to me like Christian McCaffrey is now the focal point of this offense, the way that Debo mm -hmm. used to be, and that Debo wasn't necessarily having his best season before he went down, and that maybe he'll have a little slightly reduced workload and maybe a different usage as well. What do you think? I think that I'm very intrigued to see what the role is going to be with Debo Samuel yeah. because we've seen him in a multitude of roles this year, and we've seen how the wideback role has kind of been – uh, erased because teams understand that when Debo Samuel's in the in, in the backfield, we are going to collapse on the pocket to make sure that Debo Samuel doesn't get a five yard, ten yard carry because they are worried about the explosive play. But now you have two explosive threats out of the backfield. This is why so many fans were excited about Trey Lance because the zone read you were able to have multiple options out of the backfield, forcing defenses to think, hesitate for a mm -hmm. second. I think you can have an iteration of that with Debo Samuel now because you have two explosive threats to where if the defense hesitates, both players can hit the edge and get a 10 yard gain because you're one second slow. But the other thing about Debo Samuel, I think it's a personnel uh, mismatch now. The 49ers can trot out 21 personnel. They can trot out personnel with multiple running backs, with multiple tight ends. That forces defenses to match with more linebackers, with more defensive linemen. And as a result, you're going to have a linebacker on Debo Samuel, a linebacker on Christian McCaffrey. And every time you have that matchup, it's a favorable matchup. We've already seen Kyle Shanahan's ability to scheme Debo Samuel out of the backfield on a linebacker. Now imagine that with defenses having to account for another threat. That's why I'm very intrigued to see how does Kyle Shanahan uh, operate with this style of offense. But it's also why I've been saying my margin for excuse has significantly slimmed now because you have all the pieces. Everything is under on the table and it should become easier. You've got to be able to execute now. Yeah. Um, it's just so interesting because you have all these weapons. But it's not mm -hmm. a pass-first team. Like, they throw about 31 times per game, and when they're winning, they yeah. throw 25 times a game. So all these guys have to buy into, you know, we're blocking, we're getting, you know, we're not getting huge numbers. We've already gotten paid, except for Brandon Ayuk. So we got to be all in with the team, and it, it, Kyle has to figure out how to, how to, you know, spread the ball around so people are happy. So it seems like Debo last year was getting you know 10 targets a game or he was getting like 10 touches a game you could cut you could cut him up between targets and, and carries now forget the carries forget that it wasn't working and now you got Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell so that's out and as a receiver he's not necessarily producing better than Ayuk or McCaffrey yeah. it seems like you got four options now in the passing game and each one sort of deserves five six targets a game five or six right. so that's Debo right. now you're paying 20 something million a year for five or six targets a game, probably three of them are screens. And if he wants more, then play better. Lose five pounds. I'm sorry, because Ayuk is playing so freaking good right now. And so is McCaffrey. Right. And I mean, yeah. the reason that when you look at the numbers right now, Ayuk has 55 targets on eight games. Samuel has 54 on seven games. But the reason mm -hmm. those numbers might be elevated twofold. One, the 49ers were throwing the ball 40, 30, 40 times in some of these games, rushing only 16 times because they had a one-dimensional rushing attack that purely didn't work when Jeff Wilson was there. Two, right. they didn't have Christian McCaffrey. So imagine you're now going to run the ball a lot more, and you also have another mount to feed in the passing game. That's right. going to not— He just got eight catches last week. Exactly. He just led the team in exactly. catches last week. Yep, yep. So Sorry. that, to me, is going to—no, no problem. But that, to me, is going to— 
make it a more explosive offense, but also more questions to answer as to who's getting the ball. Yeah, and I, th- it's, I, I think part of the n- problem with the Niners offense this year was that they were overusing Debo. They were using Debo like he was the Debo from last year. And right. he's not. He missed the whole offseason program. He's still sort of getting into football shape. And if you give him nine targets, he'll drop two. You know, like he'll st- he'll still have like a few good plays, but it's not an efficient. It's not an efficient nine targets. And if you look at the end result, I yeah. think the the quarterback rating when targeting him is seventy. So that just kind of speaks to them not quite being on the same page. All right, well then take a little off his plate, get back to what's working, and then build from there. And I think that's great because. If McCaffrey wasn't on the team, they couldn't do that. Because as great as Ayuk is, they don't really have the quarterback to fully take advantage of him and to say, okay, we're running the offense through Ayuk. No, you can't. You're running the offense through your running back. You are. Until you get a different quarterback, head coach, and offensive line. You're running your offense through your running back. And so, Debo, you're not a running back anymore. Yeah, I hope you like I mean, those I guess he's. I guess he's not. And, I mean, if, if that value's there... I had a question, and I mean, we might get too ahead of ourselves, but I had a question in the offseason to fans uh-huh. who really mm-hmm. clamored they wanted to pay Debo Samuel. I was of the, I was of the group that we should, but is Debo Samuel worth $25 million a year when the one of the main values that he had last year was a runner, and you don't use him as a runner anymore? Because fans said, well, next year we're going to scale down Debo Samuel's rushing numbers because we want to keep him healthy. I understand that. I understand keeping your best players healthy. But if you're taking away one of the assets that he provided to get that money, do yeah. you think that he's worth that amount of money? Also, I, what the Niners do a lot is they'll pay a player based on his best season, which happened to be his contract season. Mark Armstead. And project. Mark Armstead. Yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo. Debo. Mm-hmm. And say, you know what? This level of play that he attained right before his contract, right before this negotiation, is what he's going to maintain. And we're going to pay him based on that projection. It's like, why don't, first of all, it's never, it hasn't worked out like that for you guys very often. And second of all, why take that leap of faith? You know, there are structures in place, like the franchise tag, that you can get some more evidence and say, you know what, if you do it two years in a row, That'll we'll pay you, but the Niners are always like, nah. You know, we want to take care of our guys, and we're a happy family, and we don't want to piss off. It's like, okay, well, if you still have to take care of your yourself first, it's still a business, and I think a lot of people yeah. could have seen this coming with Debo Samuel. You know, I think so. Anyway. I, I think so. Yeah. And I mean, I personally would not be surprised if he gets traded within the next two off seasons. Right. I haven't looked at his contract recently. I'm, it's probably pretty difficult uh, to. You yeah, know, it's difficult. I, they probably would save much money at first. Yeah, 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 that's right. That's right. And it's like if they have to, because they don't have to pay Ayuk for two more years, right? They don't have to. They have a fifth yeah, year option because this is his. This is his third, third year. You have a fifth year option, so they're only going to pay him. Well, they'll extend him after his fourth year, but that extension only kicks after the fifth year option is done. Yeah, and the fifth year option isn't cheap, but it seems in two years they'll probably have to choose between what twenty five year old Brandon Ayuk. 26-year-old Brandon Ayuk and 29-year-old Debo. 29-year-old Debo Samuel, yeah. That's an easy decision. But we'll see what – well, I mean, we'll see what happens. Injuries, such, is football, all that. Uh, Let's answer a few questions. Arturo Ramiro says, can you do us all a favor and stop talking over your guests Wait, your turn? It's really annoying. Thanks. By the way, go Niners. I get excited. I'm very sorry. And and that's why I keep apologizing to Rohan. I'm sorry. Rohan. Rohan. No, it's not Rohan. Rohan. I keep saying it like, like you're like Dominican or something. Rohan. I'm tripping. Yeah. 
It was Johan Santana when I was a kid. Johan Santana. He was hella good. So there's Johan, there's Rohan, there's Zohan. These are very important people in the history of the world. Are there more people? Do you remember Johan Santana? He's lefty. He's probably before your time. Of course Twins. I do. Of course I do. Hella good. Yeah. Uh, sorry about that. And I, <laughs> I won't talk over you anymore. Novin says, skip my last message. Damn. I'll find it. I promise. I will. Rohan represents the younger, hungry reporters. Oh, not only does he represent, but he, uh, he's the one. He's Neo. He's the one. Ethan says, check CMC injury history again. Never needed a surgery and was never and was overusing Carolina. He's not injury prone. Just got unlucky like any running back, not named Gore. Okay, well, um, okay. you can't necessarily. Well, the, what I would say is, yes, he wasn't injury prone before those two years when he, when he got injured a lot, multiple times. And now the question is, at 26, at the position he played, have these injuries taken a toll and will they lead to more? I don't know. I hope not. You don't know. I guess we'll find out. And if he has a long, durable career like Frank Gore, as you said, then this will be a slam dunk, uh, yeah, grand slam. Most definitely. Home, all that. Mix all my metaphors. I'm going to go back and find the other one that I skipped. Hold on. But I'm going to do it while we're talking, Novin. My question while we're looking for Novin's message is how many teams in the NFC are truly better than the 49ers? And I know we're getting ahead of ourselves. This is a team that just got blown out back-to-back weeks, and they're 4-4. Four and four. But they've been together a long time, and we saw what they right. did last year, and we know what their potential is, and we know that they're underperforming. So assuming they can get it all together, how many teams in the NFC truly are better than them? I think that this is a very intriguing question because when you talk about the play, like the talent that the 49ers have, you could argue that it is amongst the best in the NFC. But when you talk about the real play that comes with that talent, that's where that ranking becomes skewed a little bit. That's where that ranking decreases a bit. Because the 49ers, like we said, have shown that they have a capacity to beat every team and lose to every team. We've seen it on multiple instances this, this season. So to me, I think the Eagles right now are better. I think the Dallas Cowboys have the argument to be better. Their record is better. And while, I mean, you got to go with it until they prove you wrong. I think that they have the argument that they're better. And then the, the third team the right now, in my opinion, yeah, the Cowboys. And I think the third team right now is probably the Minnesota Vikings. Mm. If I'm ranking the 49ers uh, in the NFC right now, it's fourth, I think, uh, between the uh, behind those three teams. But I do think that there's a very close three-way tie for, third, uh, for second with the Cowboys, the Vikings, and the 49ers. Roster-wise, I think the 49ers have both rosters. I think they're better than both rosters. Play-wise, I'm going with those two teams because the Vikings have continuously shown that they can win close games this year, and the Cowboys, well, they're six and two. I got I got a couple more teams to throw out there just to ask, just to ask. What about for Atlanta? What about Atlanta? I mean, they beat the crap out of the Niners. <laughs> no, the Niners were oh, missing man. like eight starters in that game. They were missing like eight starters. Yeah. What about Chicago? That's so funny about the Niners. It's like you just so confidently say, like, yeah, they're the fourth best team. You, I, you could argue they're the second best team in the NFC, but then you have some team like Chicago being like, hey, we, we beat them by like nine points, which is true. Also, Seattle is interesting. The Niners beat Seattle by a Seattle's lot. Very I mean, made it look easy, but it seems like they've improved since then. I like to me that's the intri- intriguing case because the, the Seattle Seahawks obviously have are, are pretty darn good, and the the biggest reason, in my opinion, for their improvement. They're relying on a bunch of young guys, and that those young guys are starting to develop. They've got two rookie mm-hmm. cornerbacks over there in Tariq Willen and Kobe Bryant who lead the league in fumbles and uh, interceptions, respectively. They've wow. started to develop. 
their left tackle yeah. and their right tackle are both rookies. They've started to develop, and now they're the two yeah. best players on that offensive line. Overall, you see players continuing to develop, and that's why Seattle is dangerous and why I thought that that game was a trap game. I, I don't know if Seattle's going to make the playoffs because you don't know with this type of team, is it able to be sustainable? Are, are yeah. rookies going to play like rookies are playing? Are teams going to adjust when they face the Seattle Seahawks? We haven't seen the adjustment yet. And so to me, Seattle's a very intriguing team. They're a well-coached team, and it seems like teams like yeah. that often get better as the season goes on. It's a young team, to your point, but like that doesn't matter. I, Kyle is so bringing it back to Kyle real quick. He's so conservative about playing young guys, and he usually chalks it up to, well, they got to learn my system first and all this stuff. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. that's true. But I know my Niners history, okay? And the Niners won their first Super Bowl in 1981 with three rookies in their backfield, defensive backfield. Okay. All right, this is... This is this is known. This is Ronnie Lott was one of them. So this is how Bill Walsh did it. Bill Walsh trusted rookies, played rookies, could get them on the field, and uh, it's something that Pete Carroll does well. He knows his history too. I think Kyle could do it a little bit better. Like for example, all of a sudden people were saying Aaron Banks, Talanoa Hufunga. Well, Aaron Banks is a bust. Nah, man, Kyle just doesn't play rookies if he doesn't have to. All of a sudden he's really good and thinking, man, man, he maybe he could have played last year. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he had to redo Kyle his did entire say, though, body Kyle did say that Aaron Banks could have played in week 10 of last year. That's so, what I'm saying. And yeah. now you're looking at, like, uh, Jordan Mason. I think he could probably be playing right now. Other guys who could – Danny Gray, we'll never know. I mean, he's a bad fit with uh, uh, with Jimmy Garoppolo, Danny but he could be running – Mason definitely, yeah. I'd like to see Danny Gray run an end around or a screen. They kept saying he could do more mm, than run deep true. stuff, and they don't they don't let him do more than run deep stuff. He ran Anyone that else? stuff when he was at SMU. He should run it. That's that's where he's comfortable. They made a big deal about it. At the at, he's not just a one trick pony. Okay, and you use him like a one trick pony. Anyone else? They got Burford. Uh, I there. mean, we talk about Womack. Womack had a action, but Womack I think he still has a little bit to develop. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, like they sh- shut down Womack after a, like essentially a shutout. They gave up zero points to the Seattle Seahawks offense, which is a good offense. And they're like, Womack, we didn't like your tempo out there. We didn't like the way you were shutting out the other team. You're out. I was like, okay. Or it's like, yo, Womack, you know, you know, we had a rookie last year. We didn't want to play the rookie. So we're going to play the rookie this year. You can play next year, though. Yeah. Anyway, um, Novin said, not sure if you covered it, but RIP John McVay. Sorry, I missed that one. Yes. He yeah. was the general manager of the, uh, of the dynasty. Yes. And from what I heard, Bill Walsh in 1979 wanted to draft Phil Simms and got beaten to the punch by Parcells. And Bill went into a bit of a depression. And it was either McVeigh or someone in the organization said, hey, man, there's this kid at Notre Dame that won a bunch of games. He doesn't have a big arm, but maybe in the third round he's worth checking out. And um, anyway, rest of history, of course. So. Rest in peace. Grant, are you going live again later today? I don't know, man. I live my life one one hour at a time. I haven't decided. Probably not. But then again, you don't know. You don't know. The Niners could, tr- could you know, someone could happen. I could have an instant reaction to something. Yeah. I'll definitely go live tomorrow. Grant, when you retire, will you return a Niner fan? Nah, I, I like I like quality control more, more than rooting. Quality control is, the, is my favorite way to interact with the NFL. And I wish I could do it for more teams because hating on the Rams this week would be so much fun. Oh! It's such a missed opportunity. 
just go down and just tell LA how I really feel about that team and have to like listen. That'd be so nice. Gavin says, nah, it's a missed opportunity because Kyle didn't have the team ready. Should be challenging for home field with the schedule and supposed talent. That's true, man. They should not be four and two and they know it. They should be I mean four and four. They should be six and two at minimum. Yeah, they should be six and two. I agree. Yeah. Six and two. Um, I think I might have missed a couple off. I, uh, hold on. Sorry to waste your time. Grant, Mr. Reason is complaining about the value of your audio and your Eminem style yelling in the mic. He has offered to buy you a pop mic. Sorry. I'll stop yelling into the mic. I'm going to buy my dad a new mic uh, today, too. He won't yell into it. I yell into it for effect, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you, you got to do it. You got to do Every it. Every once in a while. All right, we got a bonus topic today. And this it's, it. it's, it's a Niners topic, but it's also a Warriors topic. It's a Bay Area topic. Warriors are a dynasty, though. You don't have to necessarily be a Bay Area person to be interested in what's going on over there. My question to Rohan is, which team is more likely to win a championship this season? The 49ers or the Warriors? Quick context if you don't know much about the Warriors. They've won four championships. They're a legit dynasty, like the old Niners were. But it's starting to get toward the end. Steph Curry's my age. He's 34. And they're three and five this year through eight games. The Niners are four and four. We think, Rohan. I got to go with the Warriors. I mean, if we're being honest, we've got a very well coached team that has shown that they can go. It's it, they're three and five. If you're saying the Niners are three and five, that's an issue. But this is the NBA, 82 games. They're three and five. They're a well coached team. <laughs> right. They're a well coached right. team. And I think that they, they're, they still have the foundation, and they're arguably deeper and potentially even better once those rookies and once those young players start to develop. I know you love James Wiseman; he's your favorite player on the team. But I just I wrote his name down. Like, I just wrote his name down. I'm going to talk about James Wiseman. <laughs> oh man! All right, okay, I know no, you keep love going. James. Wiseman. I'm just getting my argument. Yeah. I'm just getting my argument lined up. James Wiseman, one, two. Okay, <laughs> but. The players that they have on the team will eventually start to playing better. Uh, Jordan Poole has not played well. He's probably arguably yeah. been the worst warrior on the team this year. So I think that the 49ers, sorry, the Warriors are, uh, are a team that is going to be a better team uh, overall than the 49ers this year. I think that they're going to figure it out. And I think that regardless of what happens in the regular season, like we said earlier, the 49ers love the regular season. Well, the Warriors don't care. They love they the postseason. Care. So That's I think the 49ers... They might not have a bet. Uh, uh, they might not win the Super Bowl, but I'm confident that the Warriors at least are going to contend in that area. I think it's interesting because they're taking two different opposite approaches. The Warriors are trying to have a championship core and a young core that will replace them in a few years simultaneously. And it's weird. They're like, okay, all these 19 year olds, Wiseman, Kaminga, they're like, you're going to be stars in the future. But now we need you guys to all be kind of role players on the bench like vets, please. And they suck. They don't want to do it, and they suck at it. And when Wiseman in particular comes in the game, this dude, like, okay, so uh, in the last game, he was minus 7 in 9 minutes. The game before that, he was minus 14 in 13 minutes. The game before that, he was minus 7 in 4 minutes. A couple games before that, he was minus 29 in 18 minutes. Like, he's killing him. And, like, what do you do? You need... You need to develop him for the future. You need to play him now in a role, and he's killing him. So the Warriors could always, like, you know, make moves for more vets, but the Niners have already done that. The Niners aren't really relying on any young players. They don't have to. No They're way. All about Is Grant vets. going with the Niners? 
I'm just saying, like, they have a much more coherent plan. They've gone all in. They're not saying, like, you know what, we're all in, but we really need these, like, four young guys to develop for the future, even if they suck now. They have no patience for that. Uh, now, they don't have Steph Curry. They have Jimmy Garoppolo, which may end up, you know, limiting them at a certain point. But I just feel like their roster construction this year makes more sense than the Warriors do does. Like the Warriors, they you have their championship. Force. Breaking news. They have Brent their championship core. The 49ers are going to win a Super Bowl more than the Warriors can win a championship. I think the Warriors are legitimately in trouble. I, I don't think this team okay. that they have constructed, it works. I think they got to get um, like legit vets on their bench. Last year they had Gary Payton, the third, who's like 30. They had Otto Porter. I mean, they had vets who played roles off the bench and were good at defense. Now their team sucks at defense. They have a bunch of young guys who aren't interested in defense. I don't know, man. I think it's like it's a little interesting. They've always had a veteran team with defenders all over it, and now they don't. I think it's interesting. I'm not saying the Niners have a better chance to win a championship because I don't really believe. Because that means that like Kyle and Jimmy are going to become these this championship duo the way Steph and Kerr are. And I, I don't really see right. that. But I think the Warriors are really interesting, and I'm going to be watching them tonight, 4 o'clock. I want to see James Wiseman lose this game single-handedly in like eight minutes. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. You and James Wiseman, your favorite. Also, another difference. So Jed York is petrified to do anything. Ever since he almost ruined everything by getting rid of Harbaugh and replacing him with Tom Sula and then replacing him with Chip Kelly, he's like, okay, I got Chip, Kyle Shanahan. You know, it's good enough. I'm not going to mess this up. Kyle, whatever you want to do, you want Christian McCaffrey, whatever you want to do. Joe Lacob really thinks that he's just as important as anyone in that organization. And I think this whole, you know, two timelines at once is him. Mm -hmm. And I think he believes in Wiseman and Kaminga. And he's kind of forcing this on Kerr, who has probably less power inside his own organization than, than Kyle. Kyle has a ton of power because he... He followed up Tom Sula and Chip Kelly. Kyle, anytime, Kyle could just be like, hey, hey Jed, Jed, you want to go back to them? Is that, you sure? You sure you can really replace me, man? You know what your reputation is. Kerr over there is be like, yes, Jay. Yes, Joe. Whatever you say, Joe. Keep writing those checks, Joe. Anyway. That's funny. Anyway. I'm here for the James Wiseman experience. I know you guys don't really care about basketball that hey, much. But. but when Grant talks about a player, they prove him wrong. So who knows? James Please, Wiseman James. Will be the next Will Chamberlain. He might. Who else? Yeah, that's true. I like when players prove me wrong. I do. Not not all of them do, though. Some of them do. I root for them, too. Anyway, Rohan, what you got going on these days, man? I know you're at uh, you're a freshman in college, so you can't be working too, too hard. But what are you doing? Uh, I mean, I, I do school. Got that. Do the content. Love uh, always hopping up on a camera, talking with everybody. And uh, that's pretty much these two things. And then, you know, the extracurriculars that come with college. But overall, it's a, it's a pretty fun experience. I can't lie. Very busy. But I know you yourself have a, what, like a show a day probably lined up. So well, you, you must know, be busy yourself. It's my job. It's my job. Are you in a, a fraternity? I am not in a fraternity. Are you? Okay, so. Are you going to change your mind and do one next? Are you going to rush next? Because uh, I, I, I was in a fraternity, but I I didn't do one in the – I didn't rush immediately. You know, I wasn't like oh, really? super okay. rah-rah Greek at first. But then UCLA was like it's not – it's 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 not a very social school. And by this by, – it's a, it's a quarter system too. I actually know exactly too. what you're talking about. I have a friend who's yeah. in one at UCLA specifically. Yeah. So, so by the spring, about. I was like, oh, my God. Like I, I have no social life. I have to – and then I never I never actually moved into the – I never actually moved into the house. It was just oh, like a, anyway, the house. it was a okay. waste of my it was a waste of money for sure. 
but I met some people that I knew and I'm no longer friends with, which is nice to have temporary friends that are in and out of your life in, in four years. It's always good. Anyway, it sounds like you're making the right decision. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah. Your advice, tuck it. I haven't done the, the wrong thing in the first month. First month's passed, so we're good. <laughs> That's just between us. Um, it seems like Wisconsin is legitimately like fun, not fun, but like social school where you don't need to be in like a Greek system to have friends. Yeah, yeah. Seems like, no, that's, that's the true. reputation. That's 100% right? true. It is. Yeah. Yeah. UCLA yeah. is not that kind of school. It's like a very like if you want to meet people, like you go to the library, baby, all night. It's going down. Oh man. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> thanks for Grant, watching this. Grant with glasses in the library making friends. My whole angle at UCLA was being like like the slightly tough kid. Not tough, but like the slight <laughs> <laughs> the, the kid who was like, you know, didn't follow all the rules at UCLA. You know what I'm saying? Slightly edgy. Yeah. But I couldn't be edgy at any of this. Only at UCLA with the goody two shoes. You know what I'm saying? Like, ooh, I didn't do my homework on Thursday. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Man. Oh, right. yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. Barry Baller 18 says, sup, Rohan? Gee, I hate that you t look right about Wiseman. You know it's all love from this side. Yeah, same to you, man. Love you, man. I thought calling you the contrarian was clever. The no? contrarian. Okay. I like that. I do like it. I think it's very clever. That's that's your contrarian. name, the contrarian. And true. And okay. I started it with you by doing an impression of you, so it's fair. It's all love. Um, <laughs> man, yeah. Well, I I guess the show's over. I guess that's it. Yeah, it was fun we though. Good. Yeah, uh, it was we fun. good, man. Thanks a lot, everyone. Thank you, Rohan. Yeah. And don't mess with and him real quick, ever. Real quick, actually, before before we end, everybody in the okay. chat, make sure you subscribe to Grant because. Y'all don't know how much work this guy puts in. There's a reason that there are a lot of content creators out there, myself included, doing what we do and the amount of work that we put in. It's because there's a certain person on this screen who set out the blueprint for so many others. I owe him a now. I'm not going to say I owe my success because that's weird, but I owe him I, a good don't. amount because he's he's given me a good amount of advice and he's a helpful guy to a lot of people. So be sure to subscribe. Great guy. I appreciate that. That was really nice of you. And I got something else I want to say. There is a civil war of content creators going on right now. Let's stop. I really yeah. feel like some people feel that there's only so much money to, to be split up in this pie. I disagree. There is enough for all of us. And I think we really should be collaborating. You know, even if you have 100%. beef on Twitter, hey, man, make a show about it. Collaborate. You really don't need to be taking each other down and trying to discredit one guy and saying he's too much like this or he's a clown or none. Nah, man, this is all the 49ers content creator community. And I think we all make each other way stronger. So help launch Just each other and don't be haters. The 49ers content I'm just saying, community. I feel like I've worked with everyone and I, I, I all people are, Hey man, you got to break this up. Like, nah, man, they're grownups and I, I'm not choosing sides cause I like both of them, but it does hurt my heart a little bit to see people really go in on each other. It's like, mm -hmm. you guys should be doing a show together, not doing this. Anyway, there's enough money in here for everybody, baby. There's enough clicks for everybody. But just follow me and Rohan. That's it. No one else. <laughs> see you guys. Oh, boy. <laughs>